Hello everyone, welcome to Screen Scream on Viola. Sorry for the delay because I got COVID last week. And I think I still sound a little bit nasal right now, but I hope it's not so serious. Today, our topic is May the History Not Happen Again. Of course, I don't want to get COVID once again. But also, the movies we're going to talk about today are either documentaries or a drama that's based on true story. So we don't want those bad things happen again. Without further ado, let's listen to the introduction of the first new movie we're going to talk about today. 20 Days in Mariupol. A team of Ukrainian journalists from the Associated Press trapped in the besieged city of Mariupol struggle to continue their work documenting atrocities of the Russian invasion. As the only international reporters who remain in the city, they capture what later become defining images of the war. Dying children, mass graves, the bombing of a maternity hospital, and more. After nearly a decade covering international conflicts, including the Russia-Ukraine war for the AP, 20 Days in Mariupol is Mostislav Chernov's first feature-length film drawing on Chernoff's daily news dispatches and personal footage of his own country at war. 20 Days in Mariupol is a vivid, harrowing account of civilians caught in the siege, as well as a window into what it's like to report from a conflict zone, and the impact of such journalism around the globe. The first new movie we're going to talk about today is an Ukrainian movie, and it's a documentary actually. As we heard in the introduction, it's about the Ukrainian-Russian war. It's not only that we hope the history doesn't happen again, we hope that this war can stop right now. What's so special about this documentary is that it's not filmed after the event ended, and it's not that the journalists go into the war zone regardless of their safety. As we heard in the introduction, they were trapped in the city. So when they had nothing to do, since they're journalists, they have cameras with them, they ended up documenting everything they saw in the city. In this documentary, we will be able to see that soldiers eventually risk their own lives to save these journalists from war because they want the journalists to show the world that the city is dying and show this alert that the world must not ignore. 20 Days in Mariupol is going to be the best international film candidate for Ukraine for the 2024 Oscar Awards. The director is not just a regular journalist happened to be trapped in the city. Mustislav Chernov won Pleaser Award, which is the highest accolade a journalist can get. What the director wants to show us is that we always think the beginning of a war is explosion, but actually it's not, it's silence. The director said that his brain really wants to forget everything, but the camera doesn't let him forget. And that's the reason why he decided to make this into a documentary so that more people can see. In the documentary, we can see that Russian armies 
showed civilians and infrastructures from far away. The whole city doesn't have water and electricity. They don't even have food, internet. They were paralyzed, basically, in the city. So while the director and his crew were filming this documentary, every minute, every second, they were threatened by death. And it's definitely going to be very uncomfortable watching this documentary. But the director said, "It's meant to be uncomfortable. It has to be. It must be." And now let's move on to the second new movie we're going to talk about today. It's also based on true story, but it's much happier, and it's the only movie that the plot we hope will happen again. Taylor Swift, The Eros Tour. The cultural phenomenon continues on the big screen. Experience Taylor Swift's The Eros Tour concert film. Spending a 17-year award-winning musical career, beginning October 13, 2023, immerse yourself in this once-in-a-lifetime concert film experience with a breathtaking cinematic view of the history-making tour that Ben Cesario of the New York Times called a cultural juggernaut. Taylor Swift's Eros attire and friendship bracelet are strongly encouraged. The second new movie we're going to talk about today is also a documentary, but it's a concert film of Taylor Swift. I have a friend who's a big fan of Taylor Swift, but she said that she's not going to watch this movie. I didn't ask why, but I guess people don't usually go to the movie theater for concert films. Of course, if you are a die-hard fan, you might go watch it, even if you already witnessed the actual concert. But for most people, concert film is maybe an experience, so you probably wouldn't want to do it at the theater. But Taylor Swift, the Eros tour, has been critically acclaimed since it was released in the U.S. two weeks ago, and it's just going to be released in Taiwan this week. I have another friend who also was on our show, David. He's not a Taylor Swift fan. He probably hasn't heard any of the hit songs of Taylor Swift, but he already watched it because he really wants to experience how good this movie is. And according to him, it's pretty good experience. It's really a pity that they don't have lyric subtitles. Otherwise, people can sing along at the theater. I was going to say concert. Some tidbits about Taylor Swift is that you may or may not know that her latest boyfriend is a football player, American football. And what's so special about that? The thing is, American football has stayed as the most popular sport in the U.S. for a long time. The second and the third would be baseball and basketball. They have no match to American football. However, More and more people are watching football and basketball. Less and less people are watching American football and baseball because they think American football and baseball take too long and American football is too violent. However, the recent view rate has increased because Taylor Swift would go to the game to watch her boyfriend play. I mean, if it's midtime for Super Bowl, I can understand because there's a performance. But for regular season, Taylor Swift just sits there. You don't even see her perform. But people would rather watch her 
on the screen, you can see how popular she is. And that's just something very interesting. So if you are a Taylor Swift fan, even if you're not, I recommend you to watch Taylor Swift The Eros Tour. It would be one of the best concert film experience for you. Now we need to get back to the sad history. We don't want them happen. Before that, let's review what we had from last week first. We had two top threes, Killers of the Flower Moon and The Creator. Top two were Taylor Swift, The Eros Tour, and The Boy and the Heron. Top one was Paw Patrol, The Mighty Movie. This week's chart's pretty different. Let's listen to top seven to top four. Top four, Freelance. No, no, and no. Who's a journalist? I have resigned my position here. Not interested. 20 grand says you are. Welcome to Bologna. The Nightmare Before Christmas. I am the Pumpkin King. Dreams of something different. What is this? It's someplace new. Jack, look out! Once again, there are only two movies from top 7 to top 4, so we can tell that top 3 to top 1 is a little bit crowded. And the two movies on this part of the charts this week are both new movies. The Nightmare Before Christmas is actually not a new movie, it's the old classic from 1993. It's re-released because Halloween was here, therefore this Tim Burton's classic was re-released. But since it's not re-released in Taiwan, I'm going to talk about Freelance. The leading actor in Freelance is John Cena. And the reason why John Cena thought playing this movie would be attractive was that Freelance was created by the stunt team of John Wick 4. And he could cooperate with the famous director, Pierre Moret, the director of Taken. So he was really looking forward to all the action scenes in the movie. The director himself even emphasized that there's no CGI in the movie. Well, not, not that they don't have CGI. They don't have CGI applying to action scenes. All the action scenes were real because they wanted to show the most shocking experience to the audience. Action scenes on big screen just look awesome after all. Besides the action scenes, for John Cena, it feels like he's back to his true heart playing freelance. It has been almost 20 years since he moved from wrestling to movie industry. Although he later filmed a lot of blockbusters, he still wonders from time to time how he nowadays would play the first role he got. And he thinks that his role in freelance is kind of the extension of that role. So for him, it's like a restart. So if you like John Cena, don't miss the chance to watch his latest work, Freelance. Now let's move on to top three to top one. See which is the last movie we're going to talk about today. Top three, The Exorcist, yeah. Believer. I love you. Good morning, Mr. Fielding. Lost in Perfection. <laughs> Top 2. Taylor Swift, The Eros Tour. This has been the most extraordinary. The Boy and the Heron. 
one. Killers of the Flower Moon. Money flows freely here now. I do love that money. Wow, can't believe that the Exorcist Believer is back on the chart. And we have a new friend this week. Lost in Perfection is a Taiwanese movie. Actually, there are two movies that I want to talk about. The Exorcist Believer and Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, you heard me right. I actually wanted to talk about The Exorcist Believer. I was like, oh, it's back on the chart and I have something to talk about. And so maybe we can talk about it. But if I have choice, of course, you know me. I would talk about Killers of the Flower Moon. So that's it. I'm pretty sure everyone knows that Killers of the Flower Moon is based on a real shocking story. Although it's a case solved, it's never been noticed by the world. It's not even written in the history textbook in the U.S. It was until the author of the original book, David Grant, went to investigate this murder. It involves corruption, money, and racists. And it was after he published the book that the public started to pay attention to the story. I also finished reading the book last week. You know what, I wanted to read the book after I saw the movie, but I didn't plan to finish reading in one day. It was because my Wi-Fi was broken that day. So, you know, people say people nowadays don't read. Well, if you unplug their internet, they will read. So I finished reading the book in one day. And I have to say that actually what's written in the book is even more horrifying than what we see in the movie. For example, during David Grant's investigation, he realized that there are a lot of murders that you can tell is definitely not something done by any of the characters we see in the movie. Which means there are a lot more murders than the famous one in the movie. David Grant didn't give his guess, but I think maybe it's because the characters we see in Killers of the Flower Moon, they kill too many people, and most of them are from the same family. Because for others, you know, murder, just murder one person sounds horrifying enough. But like, if I marry to somebody and I kill that person, like I kill my wife or I kill my husband and I inherit that person's head right. And that's it. I get the money and I stop. Nobody would notice. But the characters in the movie, they were too greedy. They killed more than 20 people. That's crazy. But even crazier is that after the characters in the movie were arrested, there were more murders. So after reading the book, it's really difficult for me to imagine how all such people live under such fear during that period of time. People really kill others for money. I'm pretty sure Killers of the Flower Moon will stay on the chart. And I think I can talk about spoilers next week. So I will bring out more thoughts when I watch the movie and what I learned from the book. Since I'm going to Japan next week, I'm pretty sure the English version is going to be delayed, but I will catch up. So stay tuned for more shows. I'm Viola. See you next time.